Spoke Media. Okay, I'm going to give this voice memo thing a try because you asked me to. Dear Janielle. Hi, Janielle Carson, um, Untitled Dad Project Team. Hey, Janielle and the rest of the UDB team. I'm calling in about the Untitled Dad Project call for requests from listeners. Hey, everyone. Carson here. Welcome back to Untitled Dad Project. Today, you'll be hearing our Calls for Calls episode. If you'll remember, we asked you to write in with your experiences and stories around UDP. A lot of you had already emailed us these things, and we had had such a wonderful time reading these to each other, especially when we were really stressed and weren't sure how we were going to make this thing happen. Your stories brought us a lot of hope, so we wanted you to hear from each other in your own voices. So Janielle has been gone for the past four weeks, but today, you will get to hear me play these for her for the first time. You'll also get to hear some sneaky interviews I did behind the scenes with people who helped make UDP happen. And finally, you're going to get to hear from our most beloved guest. You guys wrote in over and over again about how this guest mattered to you. So we wanted to make sure to follow up. Thank you all for listening to us for these past eight chapters. Now, enjoy listening to each other. Cat. Hey, Janielle. We're back in the booth. We are. Guess what I have for you today? You have all every listener's call? I do. I have for every... Real? Yes. Yeah, oh. we got a bunch. <laughs> I'm going to listen to every single one. Not everyone. The only one... Well, okay. So one person called back and said, use this one. Oh, my God. So we're not going to listen to her first one. I relate to that so much. Yes. Um, we actually got a couple uh, who said... Here, actually, let me find the email. Oh, here we go. This is from Hannah. Hello, thank you for creating UDP and for cultivating a sense of community among your listeners. I can't wait to listen to this episode and hear what others have to say. I can't even tell you how many times I re-recorded this audio message. (laughs) I kept trying to get it perfect, and then I realized that would never happen, Uh, and that's okay. Yes! Hard relate. I don't even have to—she knows exactly how I relate to that. Yeah. So here's my imperfect and messy story. I hope this brings some encouragement to someone. And they feel they're not alone. Thanks once again, Hannah. Hannah, now you know how I feel. <laughs> Just like, oh, I hope this helps people. I love it. I'll play hers first. Hi, Danielle and Carson. Um, first off, I just I want to say thank you so much for creating Untitled Dad Project. It was beautiful and extremely raw and honest. And it was just what I needed. And it just really helped me in my own story. And I'll... Be forever grateful for for you guys and the risk you took for being so vulnerable and and sharing your your story in such a public way. And it means a lot that you took that risk. So thank you so much. 
I guess I should just start off by giving you guys kind of like a background on my story, just so you have some context, and I'll, I'll do it very quickly. Um, but pretty much I grew up without a dad. He left not long after my mom found out she was pregnant with me. Um, he was completely absent from my life until I was 18, and I never really knew the story. <laughs> my mom never really talked about him and did not want to connect me with him. So when I turned 18, I decided that I wanted to take it upon myself to meet him and reach out and, and you know, meet my dad and learn the other side. So um, I reached out to him on Facebook and we messaged back and forth for a while and then eventually decided that we wanted to meet up for dinner. So we did and it was terribly awkward and I had very high expectations for how this was going to go. So when I realized that wasn't the case, <laughs> I was heartbroken. Um, it was just filled with a lot of meaningless conversation. There, He never really owned up to anything, didn't really provide me any sort of story or explanation for, for any of his actions. And it just really hurt. And looking back, if I could go back in time, I'd be way feistier and just kind of push him to explain himself. But in the moment, I was just kind of overwhelmed and and didn't know what to say or do. So we left that dinner and I felt very strange. We messaged back and forth a little bit longer, but eventually he just stopped responding. And it turned into just me trying to keep this relationship up that was clearly only one-sided. And... I got exhausted of that. I, I got exhausted of, of being let down and of um, just feeling abandoned again. So I decided, good riddance, I'm done with you. I did all I could. And um, that's all that matters. You know, I'm over it. It's, be it's behind me. And so fast forward eight years <laughs> to last week. I, I mind you, I haven't talked to him, you know, since I was 18, eight years ago he calls me and I see his name pop up on my phone. My heart drops. I answer it. And he, it turns out he, it was an, he called me on accident. He meant to call someone from work, but ended up calling me. And, you know, he ended it with, I'm happy you're happy in your life. I pray for you every day. I'll call you later tonight. And that was it. And that broke my heart. <laughs> I um, I went from thinking that it was behind me and that I was over it to f going right back to how I used to be when I was younger, just feeling unworthy, feeling not good enough, feeling insecure, thinking, why did he leave me? Was I not good enough? Um, just all these feelings just started rushing back to me. And and that's when I, when I realized that, I have never really let myself grieve. And that's why chapter four, the plot resonated so deeply with me because right after I got that call, um, I, I started feeling all these things. I went back to listen to this episode because I remember Jan character kind of realizing that she is in the middle of grief. And I just wanted to hear, you know, re-listen to that kind of with these fresh goggles on. And so I listened to it and I was bawling my eyes out. Um, I didn't realize how much of a, 
a face I put on most days, I guess, is what shocked me the most. Is I went eight years telling people I'm fine, like it's his loss, or just laughing about, yeah, I have daddy issues, but it's not a big deal. Um, and even if, if someone, even in therapy, when my therapist would be like, well, tell me how you really feel and say, yeah, like it hurt, but it's fine. You know, good things come from it and, and all this stuff. And it's like, no, this was very shitty. It, I should have had a dad. I should have had somebody there, you know, in my life. He should have been there. And that's the fact. And for eight years, I've gotten in the habit of just pretending like everything's okay. And, I'm just, I feel so tired and, and just so exhausted. And, and I'm here in this place where I feel like I'm grieving. And it, yes, it sucks. And yes, I'm hurt. And I'm so sad. I'm so pissed off. But it feels good. It feels good to let myself feel this and to let myself be present here and realize that, yeah, this fucking sucks. But you know what? That's okay to feel this way. I don't have to put on a mask all the time. And one of my favorite quotes from this chapter is when Jan Character says, why can't we just let senseless tragedies be senseless? And it's like, that's so true. This is senseless. What happened to me was senseless. And, and I've been over here for eight years and, and probably even when I was little trying to make sense of it and trying to put reasons and trying to compensate for it but it's like I don't have to all I want to do right now is just be here in this moment feeling all of these things um and just learning as Carson said you know learning how to integrate this into my story not necessarily get over it or move on from it but just integrate it in Thank you guys so much, and I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Bye. Hannah, I'm so excited that in this club of human need, I have a friend whose story is so similar to mine now. And I'm really grateful that I know your story now, and thank you for sharing it with me because it matters. And um, what can I say besides thank you? I know. It's awful. You matter. And I love you. Is it too soon to say that, Hannah? I just do. Um, and I'm proud of you and welcome to this club of human need. The water's fine and we have snacks. And tissues. And tissues. Carson always brings tissues. <laughs> we're here. And we're so glad you're here, too. Hi, my name is Chance Meeks. And I wanted to call and talk about how meaningful the podcast has been to me. It's just really cool to hear Danielle's story because she played a big part in my story because she introduced me to my wife. Um, I think some of the biggest things that stuck out to me, well, probably mainly story is not what happens, but it's how it happens. And it's caused me to think a lot about the stories that I make up about people and the stories that people tell and maybe just to hold them a little bit more loosely. Um, and I think that just gives me a little bit more ability to, I don't know, not be owned by the narrative or like controlled by the narrative or controlled by other people's narratives, but realize there's freedom for myself and for others.
and that we're not captive to the stories that we tell and that we can make our own stories that are more beautiful than we may have initially thought. But I've just really appreciated the vulnerability of the podcast and the courage. And I also really liked when Carson's dad came on. Um, cause I've got two kids. I've got a three year old and a four year old. And it's just really inspiring to, uh, hear what a good dad sounds like. And I really like his philosophy on unconditional love. And I think that's great. So thank you guys for all the good work that you've done. I didn't know Chance was listening. Chance, you were listening? That's nuts. I um, I also haven't talked to Chance in like a couple years. Wow. We've fallen out of touch. Um, so I'm so grateful you listened, Chance, and that um, that you're thinking about how to be a really good dad to your two very cute children who you've had with my college roommate. <laughs> I'm also thinking about how I don't think I ever talked to Chance about this part of my story. Huh. He knew me in the part of my life where I thought the story was fine because I was fine and everything's fine. Yeah. How cool to think there are all these people in our lives and our stories who are really trustworthy recipients of our messy and perfect stories if we um, had the bravery to, to share with them. Thank you for being trustworthy with my story, Chance. I wish I could have shared it with you sooner, but I didn't know it. <laughs> and now I do. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Can you tell me who you are and what you did for UDP? Uh, okay. Um, my name is Kelly, and I was the associate producer for Untitled Dead Project. Which means she did all of the things. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say all of them. I would just say a lot of a them. A lot of them. <laughs> um, what are things that you noticed that you don't think Jan noticed? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I think you and I have had some of these conversations where it was like she would have a realization. I remember having this realization very clearly being like, what if Jan's memories are false? You know, after working on it for a few months, I went to Carson. I was like, what if Jan remembers everything wrong? And Carson was kind of like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I had been thinking about it for a long time, but I think I might have actually said it out loud to you when Jan had that moment, the um, moment when she found the card again. Yeah. You know, I've always been interested in memory and I'm a journalist, right? So like I'm interested in fact or I, that's what all my storytelling was about. It was all based in fact. Mm -hmm. And I've been learning more and more. It's like, sure, like things that actually happened happened. But as Jan always says, it's not what happens, it's how it happens, right? So it's kind of like, does it really matter what exactly is the truth if you really just hang on to what it, how it made you feel? This isn't fully journalistic. It's about her experience. Is there anything that you think listeners should know about that you got to know um, that maybe they didn't get to hear through the podcast? Oh my God, that I got to know that listeners should know about. When you're recording someone having extremely vulnerable moments and you're outside the booth, I'm a very work technological, like, you got to make sure this sounds good or, you know, just trying to do my job, obviously. But I forgot that Jan was doing emotional work, you know, like, obviously. And so Carson had to keep reminding me, she's like, I know Jan's going to say this 16 times. And I know you're going to be like, why? The first one sounded amazing. Like, and it's going to be really frustrating, but she just has to say it to say it. And 
it gave me a lot of understanding for Jan as a person too. And I think all people who are going th- through things like that, this is hard. Like it's hard to say these things. Is there anything that you feel like particularly proud that you did for UDP? Mm. Yes, I'm proud of the ending that I built for the last episode. And because there's this moment where the old song plays with the trailer and then it fades into the new song and I did it amazing the first time. And then we played it like 15 times for everyone and we were all so excited about it. Yes, you made that last episode. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so listeners, um, Kelly is a lot of what you heard and I am so <laughs> grateful for her. Um, and I wanted to give you guys a chance to hear from her as well. Uh, my name is Heather and I'm from Texas and, uh, I'm sharing my own dad story and how, um, until dad project has affected me. Um, the the highlights, um, my mom and dad, my mom left my abusive dad when I was about four years old, uh, divorced him, and uh, I haven't seen him since. I am 36 years old currently. Um, I have not seen or spoken to my father uh, since I was a child. I have a few vague memories of him, and everything else I know about him is stories from my mom, um, who always has tried to speak positively about him. Um, despite him being, um, having drug issues and being abusive, um, I've known my, my family on my dad's side, um, cause my mom always tried to keep a good relationship with them, but I have not seen or spoken to my father. Um, he would call when I was a kid and threaten my mom and blame all of his troubles on her. And that's really all I've known about my dad. He was a boogeyman, uh, for me when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I've gone through a lot of different emotions, you know, anger with him and being scared of him. And, and, you know, finally a place where I can kind of like ignore a lot of that for the most part. But then I have a child and uh, that opens up a whole different thing. Like I've, I've gotten two $40 texts from my dad for my child and, um, uh, yeah, I've cashed them, but I don't know what to do with that emotionally. Like, it's so weird. I, it's such a weird thing for me. And now I'm, I'm having to question all that again. And what Untitled Bad Project has, has done has been, um, sort of a, uh, supplement for the therapy that I am in. Um, and that's very helpful for me because it gives me, it's given me a lot more language to use when I go into these sessions and trying to figure this out. You know, because I I don't know my dad. I I I I couldn't even tell you what he looks like at this point. Um, and it's just so bizarre to me. And what do I do with this? What do I do with this with my child? What do I tell her? You know, when she asks about my dad, you know, like I don't I don't really know. So it's been very very helpful for me. So many things in the podcast that you've done to explore this this issue. God, you know, and the stuff like you mentioned about Sally Draper, like holy, sh- holy shit! That oh, when I watched Mad Men, that oh, I, I wanted to just grab hold of her and pull her out of the screen and just take care of her. Like I, God, that resonated with me so much. So yeah, thank you for this and thank you for being able to to. I mean, this got to be so hard, but I'm gonna I'm about to go. I feel like on my own sort of journey like this, and it will not be as eloquent, but. What you've done is helped me kind of figure out, like, 
how I can maybe get started or the words I need for the therapy I'm in, you know. And I appreciate that so much. So thank you for doing this. God, it's such a hard thing to be public like that about about this. But I, I commend your bravery and thank you. Thank you for this this podcast. I I I really, really appreciated it. I wish she was like, this is hard because I wish they were right here. I just want to talk to them. I know. Heather from Texas, I'm with you because it's just so weird. You're so right. I just, I don't know what else to say, but like, oh my God, totally. When you're in therapy and you don't want to talk about something, just imagine me and Jan there uh, just kind of holding your hands. Yes. We're there. We're your silent allies. And we're just like open face crying. And we think that all of this work you're doing is worthy. Before we play this next voicemail, uh, this voicemail is kind of representative of a group of people that you got feedback from, which is people who were adopted. Yes, we got so much interesting correspondence from the adoptee community. Yeah. So this is uh, Jenny, and she's going to talk about her story. Hello, my name is Jenny, and I'm calling in about the Untitled Dad Project um, call for requests from listeners. And... um, the reason I wanted to call was that I wanted to talk about the parts that affected me the most and the one about um, from Robert McKee about your life is a lie and then the story about the um, when the mom character was talking in the mini episode, what to do with mom character, that one. And um, as an adoptee listening to that, that one really affected me because I thought um, that every adoptee needs to hear that because we have these decisions made for us as infants and children and then the adults around us make these decisions, and we just have to live with, live with those decisions. And we don't ever really get to find out, like, a lot of times why those decisions were made or even get to talk about what the effects were without feeling guilty about it. So that one affected me. And then also the one about the disenfranchised grief because adoptees lose their entire family, but we don't ever get to talk about the grief around that because we're just supposed to be happy that we got another family. And we never get to talk about um, the fact that we don't a lot of times even get to meet our parents as adults because they've already passed away. So I really related to the story because of those things, and I really enjoyed listening to it. Thanks. Jenny, thank you for letting me know about your experience as an adoptee. I just hadn't at all thought about the parallels in my story and, and your story and how we're wrestling with there being no language given to us for the grief that we have that's um, in our just like infant bodies. Your stories matter so much. The families that you didn't know or didn't know the same way, and that they matter. All of this matters so much. Okay. Can you start by telling me who you are? I'm Preston Gray. I am the husband of the podcast. Yes, you are. Specifically my husband. So our listeners don't know this, but you had a pretty unique view into UDP. Um, You want to talk a little bit about that, about what you saw sort of day in and day out with Untitled Dad Project? Well, it started um, a long time ago, um, half a decade ago. And Janielle and Carson would go upstairs in the house and sit down and talk about dad stuff. (laughs) And I'd come home and I would never know if Janielle was upstairs or if it was just Carson listening to a recording of Janielle. 
So do you have any, like, what was it like watching her going through this? It was, uh, I guess, I did not quite understand the meta part of UDP, but I was extremely proud of the moment five years later where Jan was able to recognize that Jan character didn't need to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool seeing Carson and Jan work for five years to get to that point. Yeah. Are you glad it's done? I don't think it's, I mean, the project's done, but the friendship's not. Sure. But are you glad the project's done? No, I, I'm going to miss uh, not knowing whether Jan is upstairs or not when I walk <laughs> home or when I walk in uh, every day. I'm glad you're our podcast husband. I'm glad we get a cat out of this podcast. <laughs> Dear John Yell, I started listening to your podcast out of curiosity, but something you said in the script episode hooked me. You mentioned the oddness of being a walking reminder of this father you never knew. I empathize, and the plot episode resonated with my experience even more. My father was killed in Vietnam when I was three months old, and I too have spent my life trying to imagine and reconstruct a relationship with a dead father I never knew while being a walking reminder of this man to those who actually knew him. You're absolutely right. It is harder when it's your own dead dad. I'm now 50 years old and have a son a year older than my father lived to be. After decades of hard work, I've answered most of the unanswerable questions to my satisfaction. It gets easier but it never stops being weird or unfair. I wish you peace on your journey. Thank you for making this podcast. Sincerely, Lynn Jetpace. Lynn, thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me from the future of like decades going by and having put in the work. I'm really grateful that you listened and I'm grateful that you understand what I was saying there. And it is a lot harder when it's your dad. God bless. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much to everyone who called in. We loved listening to each of your stories. I'm sorry we can't play every single one in its entirety. Maybe we can in the future one day. But in the meantime, I wanted to share with you guys something I noticed. How a bunch of you with all of your unique stories are all connected to a much larger story. A bunch of people realizing that their story mattered. Hi, Janelle and Carson. I wanted to send you guys a little voice thing. Hi, Catherine Bourne Taylor here. This is Kate, and I'm Greg's daughter. I have loved following this journey for the past several months. And I think it kind of hit me from the other direction uh, because I am a father. Um, Just a little bit about me. I didn't see my dad from eight years old to 20. And my brother 
hasn't met his dad at all. We're from Venezuela, and um, we arrived here when my brother was six months old, and he never met his dad. You know, I, I had a I had a good dad. Um, I, I was maybe really grateful for that because not everybody gets that. Um, and he was there for us, but he wasn't super emotionally available, you know. Um, so I want to be a little more emotionally available to my kids. Hey, Dad, she's only 11 left, and that was whatever. Like, I was almost too young to remember it, but I had a really good stepdad growing up. Um, two months ago, though, he left and basically ghosted our family. The climax of my Untitled Dad project, we had a family gathering in Amsterdam, where my family is from, and a lot of kind of family secrets was revealed to me there. Um, I found out and started listening to UDP because of something that happened at a funeral. And, um, and when it happened, it, it changed my genre. I was quite suddenly in a horror <laughs> genre. I don't know. It was hard for me to understand that it's okay to feel hurt by that. Losing someone opened up a completely different feeling inside of you and that it mattered, and it will always matter. My cousin, who is the father of the woman I met, was present. And my sister got up at the service and explained that he was not going to speak after all, um, and then described him and said he has two beautiful daughters and two grandchildren, which omitted my cousin completely out of it. And it devastated me. There was just one part when Jan was saying, I can't remember, like maybe I've said to her something, but something about feeling that something about her was abandonable. I don't know. I just remember crying and just feeling like that is what I was feeling. I'm most connected to the quote in the finale. I will think about my dad for the rest of his life. He's never going to stop mattering. And this loss will never stop mattering. It will never close. So I um, suggested my mom she should listen to the podcast because, one, she also has daddy issues. <laughs> but, two, um, she can see it from the side of a mother, you know, who has a child that, that is dealing with grief, whether he admits it or not, you know. I really loved the moment when you gave your mom permission to grieve. I thought that that was really nice. And... Um, it really resonated for me because I think I often try to uh, protect my parents in my conversations with them as well as, like, maybe protect myself. When actually, like, uh, the brave thing to do is just ask the question and treat our parents like adults and treat ourselves like adults. I was just really struck by thinking about my parents in terms of characters um, and knowing that, you know, in their own, as they are their own protagonist, um, there are certain details that will come alive for them differently than they do for me. So, yeah, probably going to take that one to therapy at some point. I really liked the minisode with Carson's dad um, communicating his feelings so well. It's rare that I hear a dad figure, in Texas at least, speak so vulnerably. And he talked to... Uh, Janielle about how the decision uh, her father made to not be in her life, it was his choice. And you're 
worth isn't based on that choice. It wasn't because you weren't worthy of a father. It was because he made a choice. Um, and I think that's something that uh, we all know, that our worth is inherent to us as humans. Um, and it's not based on the way other people treat us. But God, it sure feels that way sometimes, like when, when people do us wrong, like that we're not worthy. Um, that was really powerful to me. Um, just wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you put out. And I, I really appreciate your podcast being a conduit for me to find out more about myself because I really feel like I've been on this journey with you and it's been it's been such a comfort to know it's okay to share them and it's okay to make it your own so I just want to say thank you and hopefully this can be of some use to you and I don't know um thank you yeah thank you so much Hey, babe. Hey, Dad. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? I am sitting in the booth, um, and I have a couple of UDP questions for you if you have the time to answer them. Sure. What kind <laughs> of questions? Um, basically, so I don't know if you heard, but we're doing a, a like a call for calls episode. Um, yeah. And we asked different people to call in and say, like, what was something that was super meaningful to you? Um and, yeah. uh, like, what was, you know, your favorite part or something that made you think about your own story? Uh, and we've had multiple people call in and say that their most affecting moment was the interview with you. Wow. Um, Good grief. <laughs> I know you were so nervous about that. Um, yeah. So I wanted, I kind of wanted to give you a chance that, like, like, our response for your episode has been overwhelming of people just saying, like, it gave me a different perspective of dads. And, like, oh, my gosh, what a beautiful thing to see a good dad. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I wondered if, like, there's anything you would want to say sort of directly to people who <laughs> were affected by that? I don't know, Carson. <laughs> That's okay. I don't I, I don't know what to say. It's it's um look, nobody <laughs> people may tell you they know how to be a good dad, or they may try to say there's some philosophy around being a good dad. There's no philosophy about you just the the best thing you can do is just every day just try to do the next right thing. And that's something I've had to learn a lot of ways the hard way but that's really all you can do you know it's it's really it was really it's it still is really really hard for me not to be angry at Jean-Yale's dad yeah because i just felt like he could have just made a couple of good choices here or there and that whole story would have been different his story would have been different his story could have been so sweet. I know that's really not what you asked me, but no. it's just being a dad is just, you just got to try to do the next right thing. If somebody gives you a roadmap for how to be a good dad, 
you forget it. It's not going to work because the road, <laughs> the, the road changes. Yeah. I mean, and, and because there's, there's some hairpin turns that come on you fast that you didn't see coming and weren't on the map. And so you can't really, you can't prepare for that. All you can do is just try to do the next right thing. That's all I've tried to do in my life as a dad, as a husband, whatever. It's it's not it's it's really not rocket science, and it's not. <laughs> if it were, I wouldn't be smart enough to do it. It's just you got to just do the. You just got to try and strive to do the next right thing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, can I say something? To answer a question you didn't ask. Yeah. So, in my episode, I'll listen to it. <laughs> How was it? Was it so hard? Yeah, God, I sound like such a hick. Oh you my don't. gosh! You don't. Somebody needs to. I need to take voice lessons. <laughs> um, other than I sound like a hick, there was there was a moment in that episode that I wish I'd done better, and that was when Janielle asked me a question, and. Um, she asked me, I can't remember, I'm not going to say this exactly right because it's been a while, but she asked me something to the effect of that she talked about acknowledging lack and how she she didn't, she sort of grew up not acknowledging lack. And so the question was to me, did I have everything I need or did I miss out on this huge thing? And she talked about how that's kind of a tricky trap, you know, no matter how she answers that question. And um, and when she asked that question, she had tears in her eyes and her voice. Was, and so I didn't answer the question. I just I went into this <laughs> mode, this dad mode of reassurance and love and sympathy and care. And and, you know, I communicated all that stuff, but I never answered that question. And I felt like she deserved to answer that question because and, and it's not um it's not complicated. I think the answer is yes. She did miss out on something. She missed out on having a present dad in her life every day who could good dad at her every day. And yeah, I think, I think that's a huge thing. And she did miss out on that. But the answer to, did she have everything she need? I think the answer is also yes. She obviously had everything she needed. Because she grew up strong and smart and loved and affirmed. And I mean, look at her. Yeah. And so, yeah. Did she miss out on something? Yeah. Did she have everything she needed? Yeah. I think the answer is yes. I love that. I'm glad you answered that question. I like that a lot. It's the, it's the one thing. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot about that that I wish I'd said differently or whatever. But that's the one thing. It's sort of. Gosh, why didn't I answer her question? And well, it's because you were being a good dad. Well, it's because you had to do I, some I, good I, dadding at that moment. I, I could have been a good dad and answered her question. Oh, well, sorry. Sure. Well, you're doing it now. It's okay. You have this okay. is how it works. <laughs> awesome. Hey, um, the people that said stuff to you about me, yeah, and, and this very nice and sweet things. Like, what do you think they need to hear from me? What do you What do you think? I could say that would be meaningful to them. Oh, I think you already said it. I think that was it. I just wanted to give a chance for you to like respond because I know you were so nervous and wanted to give you a chance to hear that like it did mean a lot to a lot of people. I appreciate that. And I, 
you know, I, I remember reading one of the comments and it was, it's just very moving to me. And I thought, gosh, what, you know, I just wanted to write him. I just wanted to respond somehow and say, it's, it's, it, you know, I don't know what I would say, but I just, it breaks my heart to think about, it just, it breaks my heart for people to have that sort of, I don't know, whatever they're feeling that void in their heart about not having a dad, it just breaks my heart because, I mean, I just wish everybody could have a dad like I had, you know. I wish the same thing. Mm. Wow. Well, it's it's sweet. It's sweet for them to say that. It's very affirming to me. It makes me feel better. Because I drove away from your house that day thinking that was a total unmitigated disaster. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I think it's it's the evidence, right? Like, like what? how could I say something that could, how could I ever think that I'm like good enough to counsel people? You know, yeah. like, how could yeah. I think that I'm good enough to like sit in a room and help people with their problems when like I am so aware of my own? And you never know what's going to mean something to someone. And even on your worst day, like, sometimes you still say what they need to hear. And, you know, there's there's providence. That's amazing. I think that's right. I'm really grateful for you. And I'm grateful that I can say, hey, do you want to jump on the mic again? <laughs> and you'll do it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I just because because I know you're going to make me sound good. You've done it once. You can do it again. Oh, thanks, Dad. It's not true. It's all you. I love you, babe. I love you more. Bye.